What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. And welcome to Mind Over Magic. Hello, hello. 85 episodes, Matt. Here we are. I'm in New York. You're back in Vegas. But boy, have we been doing a lot this week. (laughs) It's almost like we know what we're doing at this point, you know? Almost. I wouldn't say we do, but almost do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got to tell you this. I had a a crazy surprise at the show last night. Last night. Okay, great. We're recording uh, a day earlier than we usually do. And I didn't even know you had a show last night. That's how surprised I was, because normally you have uh, (laughs) like a weekend in the middle of the week. (laughs) But what happened at your show? Um, well, I'm I'm working my way through the audience and I see I see someone I know who happens to be the drummer for a very famous band, Gin Blossoms. I'm uh, sure you yeah. know Gin Blossoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they the lots ones? of hits in the nineties? They they do Hey Jealousy. They do. Okay, great. <laughs> hey Jealousy, <laughs> yeah, found yeah. out about you. Yeah. Allison Road. you know, a whole bunch of those. And uh, I, I've met him once before when he had come to the show a couple years ago, but um, he didn't tell me he was coming, and I would think that he would, um, him and his lady friend, uh, but that he had reached out to Tiana and said, don't tell Matt I'm going to be here. And then I noticed them in the crowd, and it was a really fun surprise, and we did dinner afterwards and so on, and, and we got to, to really hang out. But it was such a cool thing because I thought I was just going into work to do a show and go home. So it was a really fun night out. We stayed out kind of late, and it was good. That sounds real fun. Because I, I was going to ask. I was glad you said right? you met him before because I was going to say, like, yes. how do you recognize the drummer from a band normally? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, there's some famous well, drummers for sure, but, like, normally right. it's the front man is the kind of the face of the band. And I think I could recognize some front men for, and women of, uh, of different bands. But, like, the drummer you don't really sure. think about. <laughs> So I don't think right. I would be able to suppose spot that's true. a drummer, that, a famous drummer in my show. I don't think I would be able to do that. Totally fair. Uh, but we've been in communication for a few years now. He's been to the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the first time we got to actually kind of hang a little more informally and, and do dinner and whatnot. But um, we've mm-hmm. kind of been in touch uh, for, for a bit of time. So I, I even with the masks on, I did recognize them. I love it. Right out of the gate, we get a name drop. You're bragging about all the cool people coming to your show. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> this I, is- you know, it wasn't even about that. It was really just a, it was, the, the crazy thing is, so I'll, I'll tell you the full thing. Yeah. He sent me a message a few days before and said, hey, I might come into Vegas uh, around Valentine's Day if we can find the time. I'm going to be hitting the road for three weeks, and mm-hmm. right before that, we want to try to hit Vegas. And then I nev- I was like, oh, cool. Let me know if you're going to be here. And then I never heard back. So when I saw him in the audience, I'm like, wait a minute. What the heck's going on here? (laughs) Did I, I got ghosted, but you're here. What's happening? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's, I'm glad you were in town when your friend came to Vegas because, um, Matt, I was also in Vegas this past week (laughs) and you were, yeah, it was the week before, right? Yeah. You were not in town when I was in town. But that's fine. You right. had other stuff you were doing, which I'm sure we'll get to in a moment. But uh, man, it's, I, a, it's a it's a good announce, and it, I haven't said it anywhere yet. This will be the first. Oh, that's great. But by the time this comes out, you might have. <laughs> we'll see. I'm gonna try my best not to. Okay. Uh, so we'll get to that in a moment. But I was in Vegas, Matt. I had a trip out to Vegas for a corporate gig. Um, but I got to see one show while I was in town. I went and saw Mac King. Uh, in his new location over at the Excalibur, an afternoon show, and uh, we it's a classic. I, I've met Matt before, Mac before a few times, and uh, you know he's very um, he's such a pro, man. He's like he's been around oh, Vegas yeah. for a long time, and is always the show that everyone I know recommends for like if you've got an afternoon, like go see Mac King. Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot how dirty his show is. <laughs> I mean, right in a family-friendly way, but there's a lot of innuendo. In a Shrek way, right? Right, yeah. So the adults get the jokes and the kids don't get the jokes. Yeah, 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 that kind of thing. Uh, but I got to see him mm-hmm. really work because he brought up um, a kid for, uh, I, I won't spoil the bit, but he does camp- a camping routine, 
with like a kid that did not speak English at all. So he was like by play with the dad who was um, translating from the audience. Uh, and it was kind of funny to see him, you know, pick a few Spanish words out and try and communicate with the kid. Uh, but uh, I mean, this he's a pro again. I'm sure he's run into the situation thousands of times uh, and handled it so beautifully. Uh, but it was really fun just to see him work in that way. Uh, and then the fact that he's in a room where the um, that what is it? The Australian like male strip show, <laughs> the Thunder from Down Under. Uh, so he uses like yes. the, the fans that they use <laughs> for one bit. <laughs> it's just kind of funny <laughs> that he's like, all right, might as well use the space. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I had a blast. Wow. I had a blast uh, seeing Matt King. Um, and then I did my show. I did my corporate show. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you what, it was a really, you know, decked out, really, really um, professional setup. Uh, I went on. I'll tell you what, Matt, I'm glad I went on before there was two Elvis impersonators <laughs> part of this corporate. Well, you sent me a video of that. Yeah, when I was at the airport on my way to come back to Vegas, you sent me an Elvis up there doing his thing. Yeah, yeah. Saying, glad I got to go on before this. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a fun idea, especially when you're in Vegas. It's just, that's a hard act to top. So I feel like I'm glad we right. got everyone focused in. And, uh, you know, got to I get to do my set. And then, you know, then it was basically two of the higher ups were doing a lip sync battle. And then a real Elvis impersonator came out to show them how it was done. But they were all dressed up in Elvis garb. I'm just like, it's wild. It's a wild idea. And uh, for me, now, so, some of these corporate uh, planners have ideas of like what's going to be fun. And I'm just glad that hit you know <laughs> i really am yeah, glad that that right, you know, people right. were into that um and and not to like you know throw the client under the bus or anything like that because i had a great time and i'm so glad they had me there but there was some talk about like me coming out and like pretending i was uh a, like a tr corporate trainer gonna like give them a hard time for like an exercise and not revealing who i was and then i was like we could do that mm. or i could do my show and it'll be better <laughs> <laughs> as is <laughs> <laughs> well that's the weird thing about private events it really mm -hmm. is their show so like yeah you know to an extent to right. an extent it kind of is like mm, okay i guess i can do that you know yeah yeah and i think i'm usually game and like willing to adapt and make sure that they get what they want yeah. but also it's also as a performer you need to know and at least uh, communicate to them like it's gonna be better if you you booked me for a specific reason you want i want you to have the right. best show that you can get from what you want and it's like mm -hmm. if i'm coming out as a surprise and like people are gonna be thinking that they're you know gonna be in a long training session that's gonna be boring like they're gonna hate me off the bat you know so then it's a really right. it's a really big hole to dig yourself out of uh to get the audience yeah. back on your side after that deception and i was like if we want to do the surprise let's just move that moment of surprise up a few seconds when you introduce me with my credits and everything and people are gonna be like oh this isn't a training session we have someone who's right. legit and can come out and do his thing uh, and then this is going to be fun. And then I come out already, you know, with a leg up of having, you know, that advantage of being like, oh, this is going to be a fun activity instead of something, you know, we were sort of dreading. Yeah, right? that would be a weird shift in energy for you to have to make as well. Yeah. And I think there for are you to be the one to go, oh, you know what? Never mind. Forget the icebreakers. I'm actually Eric Diddleman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that just goes with the experience of doing a lot of these gigs. So, like, you can talk people out of certain ideas uh if if you if it's yeah, gonna be a course. detriment because again we're we're in the entertainment business so we mm -hmm. have the more experience of putting on entertainment and knowing what's gonna work and whatnot and you know people who are planning these meetings sometimes might have an idea that sounds fun but they just don't have the experience to back it up that that's maybe not their best idea uh and and it's all about the tact of finding a way to do it appropriately and still making them you know the star of their own event and everything like that so i just thought that was an interesting idea of the, some of these inventive <laughs> kind of creative ideas that right. might not always work and i don't know if it, have you any had had any um situations like that um where you go in and you're like yeah that might not be the best idea 
for this certain thing that they want you to do? Or did you go along with some yeah, of these I mean, weirder ideas too? I'd like those stories. Uh, yeah. I mean, probably tons of these things have, have come up over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to think of one specifically. Uh, it kind of reminds me of a topic that I wanted to get into, and maybe maybe we will later today. It was just kind of the topic of like um, really extreme gigs that mm-hmm. that magic might not be a good fit for. So, like for example, and you know we don't have to dive into it heavy right now because we have so much to get to, yeah. but we can save it. But just to give you a taste, um, like I got an offer to perform during a. I guess there are breaks between the quarters uh, at the Pro Bowl. Oh, wow. On, would this be on the um, field? Had, <laughs> like a halftime show um, in between quarters? There is a stage. There is oh, a stage. Oh, wow. No way. Yeah, so... Not on the field, though. And I, that, and would be a, that would be a lot to build the stage on the field between quarters. Because no. quarter, quarter transfers are pretty quick. <laughs> If I remember. No, it's like where the house band plays. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I recall seeing at, at, at Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts, they had a very similar stage like that where I'd seen Elton John play a song before um, for like their opening game or something, opening game of the season. Um, anywho. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've also had similar offers for the Golden Knight games. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And never once have I, never once have I said yes. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough um Tough thing to do. It's a hard no to say. Because they're big events like that. Yeah. They sound really great, but at the end of the day, I I just know that it's not well suited for what I do. It'd be great if I could do BMX bike riding. It'd be great if I could juggle. It'd be great if I was like a hula hoop artist. It'd be great for any of that ambient entertainment that you see at halftime games at basketball. Yeah. But um, it's just uh, it doesn't work well. I mean, yeah, I could do uh, linking rings or something, but that's a terrible trick. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's got to be some sort of captive audience like wanting to pay attention and it's so hard when it's ambient like that which is why big spectacle like juggling or you know the contortion stuff or uh i know i know our hand balancing our friend yeah yeah your friend does hand balancing at halftime shows uh our friend jonathan burns went viral for a portland uh trailblazers halftime show and a lot of a lot of the audience Mm -hmm. was very confused (laughs) All the uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All, Twitter went wild because they, it, Jonathan Burns is so funny and flexible and doing his weird wackiness that they were just weren't expecting, <laughs> which is great. Right, and he got a lot of press out of that, which was fun. Uh, but um, but yeah, something where you have to speak and have volunteers or like do anything like that. And I know there, right. I know mentalists who've done halftime shows, but I was like, no way, I don't know how I could even mm. tackle that and do it in a fast amount of right. time too, because you don't. You don't have a whole lot, but um, it's certainly a challenge. And if there is a way you could do it, I'm sure you would do it, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I I, I toyed with it in my head for days, just thinking, Mm -hmm. all right, this could be a fun creative challenge to to have something that works in this sort of scenario. But it just, uh, yeah, I thought, you know, it's just it's just not not the right move for me at the time. So should we we get to your big announcement, Matt? Why you were not in Vegas? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So I mean, it's funny. You, I mean, I'm I'm actually shocked to hear you call it a big announcement because for you, it's old hat. You know, <laughs> for you, it's been there, done that, right? Yeah, it was one of the few things I've done before you. Well, you're just following in my footsteps, Matt. First, America's Got Talent. <laughs> right? It's not one of the few. It's one of the many things you've done before me. <laughs> so out with it. Tell everyone <laughs> what, what you're Okay, so to. yeah, I was, I was in L.A., and uh, this will be my first time saying it. I was uh, shooting uh, Ellen. Yeah, you got to be uh, be there on set with Ellen in her her farewell yeah. season that she's currently right. filming. So that's pretty big. Right, that's a big deal. It was really yeah, you know, it was exciting for me. And I'll tell you when it became a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. It became a big deal for me when I was sitting in the green room, and the show begins. Yeah, and I saw her come out on the. I'm watching the monitor, and I immediately felt. Like I was in the presence 
of greatness. Just watching her do her monologue and her opening lines and go into each segment. You've heard me talk about Donny Osmond. That's how I felt about Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, just exuding personality and having that star quality that, you know, it's kind of like being in the presence of someone. It's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with her fame or accomplishments. Mm -hmm. It had to do with what I was watching her do and her level of comfort doing it. It was, you know, I think about how comfortable I am at the link in Vegas after six plus years. Now you times that, multiply that by four. She's done that show almost 20 years, not to mention whatever experience she has in comedy decades before that. I mean, you're just looking at so much comfort and experience and I didn't see her throughout the entire day do a single line twice. Like, in other words, uh, do over, reading yeah. the prompter or anything. Not once. Right, right, right. So just going right uh, not through. One. Yeah. Right through, first take, everything. And then by the time I was, you know, uh, you know changing up to leave, she was already in a new outfit uh, filming another episode. Yeah, the turnaround is so quick on that show. <laughs> it's amazing. Dude, dude. <laughs> I, uh, I, I filmed a video of me talking um, uh, backstage, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll put it on social media eventually, but what better place than to tell it here? I did the rehearsal, and mm-hmm. as I'm walking back to the dressing room, uh, you know, and because there's been different, there's been a lot that came out in the media surrounding Ellen a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of right. uh, it, it, affected her image a bit and, uh, you know, all the the things with the way she's with the crew and everything, which I never saw. And I think we addressed that. on right. And we'll just put it out episodes. there. People saying she was difficult. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, which I mean, yeah, you never saw it. And you were there many years ago. And I know that a lot of the people I interacted with had been there for 15 years out of the 19. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's a weird, weird, like. It, it doesn't it doesn't um, support the the press. Right. So right. far, because you're seeing it as it's on the ground and it's actually working. And some of these reports are like, where did these come from when you don't see it clearly? Right. But obviously things could have been addressed by then and tweaked. And we just, you know, get to do our part and we're not seeing everything that's going on. But again, every right. every interaction I had with her did not see what, you know, the articles were addressing and so forth. Right. And and I and I only know her. Yeah, I don't know her personally, but for professionally, I was so blown away. Right. Um, but let me tell you this on a personal note. I'm walking back from the rehearsal, which she's not there for, of course, because she wants to be surprised by what I'm going to do. Right. Um, so, which is very normal. Yeah, that's what happened when uh, I was I'm on, on the I'm on my show. way back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on my way back to the, the, the green room, and a person comes up to me, and she introdu- introduces herself, and she's a wardrobe stylist. Mm-hmm. And she says, Matt, um, do you have another shirt with you? Oh, what Now, shirt? I spent a long time with Karen, who you know here in Vegas, you know, choosing the right outfits like we always do for different things. Right. And um, it was a colorful shirt because I'm always wearing dark colors and I wanted some you know, daytime TV pop. You know, you want a sure. little color. So <laughs> we got this great shirt to go under a jacket that really gave it a little, little splash. A little zing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they go, do you have another shirt? Your shirt is just very similar to Ellen's. <laughs> you should have used that as a prediction. That would have been a fun TV moment. You walk out and be like, I had no idea. We're wearing the same thing. <laughs> now, whoever thought out of all the shirts I'd pick out, I'd pick one that's similar to something Ellen would wear. I mean, I don't know what that says about either of our senses of style. I don't know. But anyway, that was the situation I'm in. And I was like, I, I did have one other shirt, but I it was in the car service still. I didn't even bring it in because I didn't want to wear it. I, yeah. I had the favorite on. Um, and I... I, I had taken both out in the hotel room, and I now I had repacked the other one myself, so I know it's not going to be in good condition. <laughs> so I, I just kind of hesitated. I can't believe you both were wearing Matt Franco Magic t-shirts. It's pretty crazy. That yeah, you- right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I kind of hesitated because I really didn't want to change, and I was like, how similar is it? And mm. she goes, it's really similar. <laughs> <laughs> 
And she goes, we have a black shirt that you can put on. What size are you, medium? And I was like, ooh, ah, because the last thing I wanted to do was wear all black. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I, I just kind of hesitated, and, and the wardrobe stylist says, you know what, Matt, hold on, wait a minute, don't worry about it, we'll, we'll figure it out. I was like, okay, well, let me see what we can do. Uh, I was like, no worries, we'll figure this out. I walk back to the green room, and about three minutes later, the same wardrobe, wardrobe stylist comes in and says, Matt, Ellen saw what you're wearing. She thinks you look great. She's going to change. Don't even worry about it. She loves what you have on. You made Ellen change. <laughs> right? Now, here's the thing. I didn't want to make anyone change. I was ready to do whatever we had to do. I had the backup shirt. They had shirts. And, I, you know, I wasn't excited about changing, but... No problem. But uh, here's the real reason, too. I wasn't eager. It's because I rehearsed in this one. Yeah. No, let's be honest here. No, and with no, magic. No. no, no, no. You were being a diva, and you were just like, I'm the star. This is my show. I get to choose what I wear. Take that, host, Ellen. You can choose your backup B outfit. My B outfit's in the car. Oh. I don't need to go all the way to the car. <laughs> Here's here's where my real concern lied because it lied because yeah. I don't really care about the color. I rehearsed in it already. Yeah, that's and big. That's big. That was my only, uh, you know. And with magic, it's not real magic. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you change something like the shirt you're wearing and where the sleeves fall. Not because I'm using sleeving or anything like that, but like they can get in the way. They can be loud. They can sure. hang a different way. I mean. <laughs> I, I, or even if I just reach in my back pocket and I can't get to it because this shirt hangs lower. There's all sorts of different little things that can throw you off in magic if you don't rehearse. That's why they call it a dress rehearsal. Exactly. You do it in the exact clothes you're going to be wearing. By the way, if you don't do that and you're a magician, do it. Yes, that's a big, <laughs> big key takeaway. Yeah, because you don't want any surprises coming up when you're performing for the first time, especially on national television and uh, something different yeah. could happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to be totally honest with you, that's where my real concerns were coming from, you mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, my wardrobe person's going to kill me back here in Vegas. That was right. less of the concern. <laughs> and it was more about like, uh, crap, I just rehearsed in this. So anyway, I just want to point this out again to oppose uh, what we were talking about in the press. And, and just be mm -hmm. totally honest with me here, because first of all, I, I I, I was floored. I never expected the result was, you know, oh, oh, don't worry, she's going to change. I never even thought that would be a, a, a thing. Yeah. But, like, let's say you're on tour and you have an opening act. And just be honest, the opening act comes out dressed like you. You're going to tell them to change, no? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Because there's no there's no shame in that. That does not make you a diva. I was, I was in, you know, it was, I was just joking that you were the diva and she could have easily taken that kind of role and been like, no, this is my show. I call the shots. But the fact that she was even able to concede and just sort of like be like, no, he's fine. You're good. Let's, uh, you know, let's change it up. That says huge volumes about her. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've been on shows where had this happened, the wardrobe person wouldn't have even felt remotely comfortable going to the star mm -hmm. and saying, Hey, would you consider changing? Right. Right. That's, yeah, right? that seems so out of That normal. wouldn't even be an option. <laughs> that yeah, that wouldn't yeah. even be up for debate. Yeah. You know? So when I, I wasn't expecting that. While we're on the topic of um, uh, like clothing for television, there's a tip I want to just, if anyone does TV, uh, you got to avoid um, patterns anyway, like certain patterns, especially like uh, checkered or plaid or whatever like that. Uh, I, I learned that the hard way early on on some of the TV and movie stuff I was doing because it creates the Moire effect. Is that how you pronounce it? M -O I call it strobing. Yeah, M-O-I-R-E with an accent, I believe, uh, is the effect where it's like you've seen it. It's where the lines get like kind of like weird and wobbly so close to each other just because of the frame rate of the cameras. It picks up and like it just mm -hmm. gets really distracting. So, uh, you know, that and like logos are another big thing. I remember when I was doing Fool Us, I had a shirt I wanted to wear with a graphic logo on it and they couldn't get that cleared. 
So like last minute mm-hmm. I had to change shirts and find a shirt that like just had nothing on it. But I was like, oh, I really wanted my graphic tee because mm-hmm. that looked cool. Uh, so even even one that I was like I was offering to like do like an iron on kind of like press on my, my own design. And they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. Maybe they just didn't like what I was wearing, and that was their, their excuse. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you got to be conscious of logos and, like, anything that's going to look weird. And I guess, yeah, two people wearing the same thing is going to look weird on TV. So, obviously, that was a concern uh, for them with you. But that's, that's a great uh, lesson to learn, and uh, that's such a surprising result and outcome from your story yeah and, and and you know all the jokes aside note that i did have a backup option yeah exactly i legitimately did have a backup option you yeah. know probably needed a little press but you know um always have that and you know what so i just want to say like the experience was uh moving it was fantastic i was so thrilled to be there um you know following in your footsteps <laughs> um it really no but i mean i was just so impressed by her and the whole crew everyone mm-hmm. was an absolute delight from start to finish and people can watch both segments that we filmed on february 28th check your local listings there it is that's the announcement and um do you want to give a little tease of what you performed or how you chose what to perform on that show because I, I think people are interested nah. when, when you do, you know, these types of <laughs> magic, you know, television appearances. Like, how do you choose the right material? Um, or no, we could just move question. on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's a good question. I mean, it's oh, it always depends on uh, the situation. Um, I like to choose things that I'm very, very comfortable with. Uh, mm. That way I can focus on the presentation. Um I, I like to choose things that are visual when possible and things that are really, really audience tested. Having said that, I've done plenty of things on TV that aren't audience tested out of lack of option. Like sometimes you don't have an opportunity to test something a million times. Um, but whenever you do, um, yeah, I like that. But yeah, I don't. I, I, that was like a really vague answer. But um, no, that's good. I basically went with things that I thought would be appropriate. And also they told me the lengths of time they wanted. But it was such a coincidence because I had sent them two ideas mm-hmm. and um, one happens to run about five minutes and the other one happens to run about two minutes. So and that was a total coincidence because I found out later they said, hey, we like to do two segments. We want one to be five and one to be two. I was like, that's great. That's what I sent you. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. yeah. There you go. You're lucked out. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just was total coincidence. But yeah. Or, or maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's. uh Maybe it's not a coincidence because that that same type of um, format has, you know, I've done on other shows. So maybe it sort of instinctually uh, made sense. I think you were just vibing so perfectly with Ellen and the whole show that you you know the timing, you knew the wardrobe. Uh (laughs) Right. Did you does she still give away Ellen underwear? Did you get the Ellen underwear? You know, what's funny is I have Ellen underwear, (laughs) but no. Oh, you know what I did get? Yeah. I did get a uh, the the they framed, uh, you know, in a dressing room they put your name oh, yeah, yeah. on the wall. They framed that in glass, signed by her. Oh, that's a great gift. That's fun. Such a great gift. I I was just I I was so impressed with the so the whole operation. I I so enjoyed being there. I I felt home in a way. It was a weird thing. I really really enjoyed it. That's great. Well, I look forward to seeing the spot yeah. and checking it out. And you can check it out too when it. Uh, it's posted online. The episode comes out on February 28th, you said? Yes, sir. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, let's switch gears. Uh, we got tons more to talk about. This might be a extended ex- episode. We'll, we'll see. But uh, we let's switch gears now and head on over to Diddle Me This. Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles? All right, I think this might be a difficult riddle, Matt. So put on your thinking caps. Here we go. It's on. G T N T L. Guess the next three letters in the sequence. G T N T L. Yes. G T N T L. This is very difficult. Okay, so G-E-N-T. G-E-N-T-L. So it's like no, let the me beginning read it again. of the word gentle. Let me read it again. 
G T N T L. Guess the next three letters in the sequence. G T N T L. Guess the next three letters in the sequence. Guess the next. Next. Three letters. I T S. I was being very blatant because I knew how difficult this would be if I didn't keep <laughs> saying. You are correct, Matt. That is the next three letters are I, T, and S because GTN uh GTNTL is the first letter of each of the words in guess the next three letters. And then you would go in the sequence. So I T S. So those are paired together. (laughs) I definitely leaned into it just to give you a little nudge. So that was a little bit of a hint, but uh, you got it. I appreciate that. (laughs) Let's jump over to trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready, time to use his wit. Pressure, 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 trivia, pressure, trivia. Okay, I'm ready. Let's hear it. Who was the youngest person to host Saturday Night Live? Whoa. Oh. And I do have choices. Uh, Okay, I love that this is an SNL question. I love SNL. I watch a lot of it. I don't know this off the top of my head. I'm thinking it's got to be some sort of child star. I believe my gut instinct is like Macaulay Culkin or something like that when he was very young. Um, I'm not sure if that's one of the choices. So obviously he did Home Alone and all these movies when he was a child star. Um, But yeah, give me the choices here. Let's see what we got. Okay. Uh, Choice A is Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. She was also a child star very young. Choice B is Fred Savage. Oh, geez. You're just doing all the child stars. This is going to be difficult. (laughs) I don't remember Fred Savage. I'm sure he did host, but keep going. Yeah. Choice C is Miley Cyrus. Okay. I think she was definitely older than the two of them. And choice D is Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Okay. I want to say... Oh, now that you threw Drew Barrymore in there, that might be the answer. I'm trying to remember if I can... Like, I can very clearly picture the Macaulay Culkin episode in my head. I can't really picture of Drew Barrymore, what sketches she was in. But I feel like she did. Um, I don't know. I might regret this, but I'm going to go with my first instinct and go Macaulay Culkin. Let's see. What do we got? That was my guess, too. Yeah. All right, let's try Drew Barrymore. That was my second guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Woo. So, yeah, I can vividly, for some reason, picture Macaulay Culkin hosting it, which he did. Right. Um, But the E.T. star, a.k.a. Drew Barrymore, was just seven years old when she hosted SNL. That's wild. Especially when you think, like, that's a Just in case we want to feel bad... Yeah, that's a late night show too. (laughs) So it's like to have a seven year old up that late. (laughs) Uh, Here we are in our thirties trying to scrape by, and then you get Drew Barrymore, seven years old, hosting SNL. I know that's wild. (laughs) Um, That I mean, I I think it's just because again the Macaulay Culkin one was more of like the generation when I was around that age watching SNL and. I remember right, it so vividly, right. and I think Drew Barrymore was slightly prior to that, you know, with E.T., so... Uh, right. That's amazing. Yeah, I was so close. I'll give it to myself. You I'll were g- so close. <laughs> I couldn't believe you knew that, like, she would have hosted it when she was young. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give myself this, and then this. <laughs> Just to Very get the good. sound effects uh, to use them. Um, at, uh, the Jeez, uh, this has been a wild week. I was supposed to be in um, Kansas City this week. And ended up not being there. Oh, what a shame. What happened? You missed your flight or something? Or it no. got canceled, I mean? So we was watching the Super Bowl. Did you do anything for the Super Bowl? 
Yeah, I just watched it. Yeah, uh, same here. We didn't. We just had a small <laughs> little party. I was the my uh, brothers and I. Yeah, that that you got together. I with my crew. I was the one who was most interested in the football part. No one else at the party was mm-hmm. as into the football mm-hmm. part. Uh, but uh, while I'm watching the game, I'm supposed to leave the next morning for the big college booking conference uh, in Kansas City. And uh, I get a text that my flight was canceled. Not that I missed it, just my flight was canceled. So normally when that happens, mm-hmm. you know, they automatically rebook you. And I was looking at options. And um, I wasn't going to get in until after, like, the the – trade show portion of the conference on that day and then there was only one more day of the conference left so i was like well at this point it's not really worth getting out there for you know the last day when i might not have a whole lot of you know facetime anyway with people so i was like i have an agent there she's been there for the whole weekend prior and uh you know is very well known and regarded in that industry uh, and I'm just going to leave it up to her and, uh, you know, she can do pitch her acts and, you know, I don't necessarily have to be there in person. I, obviously, I would have loved to have been there and uh, and get there um, in, in, in I like I like performing in the booth and meeting people. Uh, but just logistically, it didn't make sense to like fly in late Monday night just to turn around and come back after a day. So um, so I made right. I turned lemons into lemonade. And I was uh, able to um, get uh, on the guest list for uh, a big uh, party. So where they do Speak Easy Magic at the McKittrick Hotel. The other big famous show they do there is Sleep No More, which has been closed since the pandemic. And they just had their big reopening, grand opening of that show. It's a big immersive uh, theater show. Uh, Many floors of the hotel. And you're kind of exploring all of that. Uh, But after the show, they did a celebration and they had the legendary jazz band, the Preservation Hall jazz band, performing a private gig and, you know, open bar and food and everything. So it was nice to be part of that family and go to this celebration and just enjoy that, like, hey, we kind of have like a sort of a sister show in a way because we're in the same venue. Obviously, I think theirs is like the more established and longer running show. But uh, but uh, it was great to kind of feel like this community of performers and everyone just like glad that yay that pandemic was tough for everyone and it's a good sign that new york is back that that sleep no more is happening again and boy is the preservation hall jazz band so good they're probably one of the best jazz bands of all time and uh i have a little connection to them because this is i don't know why i'm saying this on the podcast i'm I'm admitting this but um in college my college acapella group actually sang at Preservation Hall in New Orleans, uh, which didn't fit the vibe, let's say. <laughs> but was that Ithaca Pella? It was Ithaca Pella. But they um but we for whatever reason in between sets were asked to we or got to perform our little acapella songs in between legendary jazz sets at a famous hall in New Orleans. Uh, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, and it was great to see them perform and, uh, yeah, really, really cool stuff. So that was my exciting, uh, stuff happening. Um, but it also ties into a a question we had in the mailbag. So I wanted to bring that up. Uh, this is from Ulrich who writes us from Norway. Uh, he says he's a 15-year-old, listened to us, and he's been doing magic for two years. He had a couple questions. Uh, what are your thoughts on climate change and magic? Because I guess you fly a lot. What are your thoughts? And have you ever released any magic? So uh, the first one I'm a little confused on. I think what he means is just um, may- maybe because we're Americans and we're just, you know, Americans have a reputation of uh, not necessarily, Wastefulness. you know, uh, um, uh, believing the science per se. Some of our country <laughs> who right. seem to be anti-climate change, um, but we are very much, uh, at least speaking for myself, I think you are the same of, uh, you know, believers of science and climate change and think it is happening and obviously try to reduce our carbon footprint as much as we can. Um, and I don't know how it relates to magic, but I guess travel it's an interesting thing. I don't know if he's wondering about like flight emissions and how that affects you know the, the world we're in. 
But I'm going to take yeah, it, it a different like way. sounds like a reference to travel. I'm going to take it a different way because I was fascinated. This is something I heard and I researched a little bit more. Is uh, Do you know climate change does actually affect travel the other way? Rather than travel affecting climate change, uh, the hotter the world is getting, the actually more difficult it is for planes to take off. They have to like reach a certain speed uh, that's higher. And I think that's actually why... I don't know if you've flown a whole lot recently, but like I've been getting a lot more like turbulence and like something with the air quality. I don't have all the science in front of me. We'll have to do some more research, but I do think it like, sounds pretty anecdotal. If I'm being totally anecdotal, honest with you. It but no, pretty <laughs> anecdotal to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, there there is a Time magazine article too that says you know it's more than just rain and snow. Climate change actually affects air travel in surprising ways, and one of those ways is like depending on the heat of the world and how things are getting higher like planes have a lot of hard time to take off in high temperatures uh, mm -hmm. so i don't know all the details behind it but it is more uh things to check out so um i i would like us to slow the effects of climate change uh for not mm -hmm. just future generations like a 15 year old in norway getting into magic for their generation to grow up in a in a in a world where you know they can survive and the, the, the weather isn't crazy and you know <laughs> climate isn't too hot and everything like that but also you know more selfishly for us now so that we could still travel to our gigs and not have you, you know, gotta work right so yeah I mean, and not have flights it, just randomly cancel like because of unprecedented weather in the middle of february that didn't even seem yeah. to be happening and affecting me here in new york necessarily but maybe in kansas city that's why the flights got canceled or it was prior to the blizzard and maybe flights got delayed and they were trying to catch up i don't know what the reasoning was but i know they canceled my flight and I wasn't too happy about that. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any deep thoughts on on, on climate change as it pertains to magic. Right. Um, however, um, what was the writer's name? Ulrich. Question? Well, say that again. Ulrich. Ulrich. My suggestion would be: I know you've been working on magic for a couple of years. If it's a topic that you might be passionate about, which seemingly you you may be, I would you know work. I would work that into one of your routines. Yeah, to talk about that for sure. Um, you know, you, you can magic always with a message. use magic to, uh, and I'd like to see more of that. Frankly, is if, if things from outside of the magic, you know, necessarily the effects, pull in outside interests, like we talk about on this podcast, to make a piece that's um, that's more personal to you and could affect other people and get them more supportive behind, you know, what they can do to stop climate change, um, you know, to prevent, uh, you know, the global warming, which I don't think they even use that term anymore because just it's more the shift of climate. Um, but also, if you can invent a magic trick that fixes climate change, that <laughs> I think that's like Nobel Prize worthy. So. <laughs> Right. <laughs> what about uh, releasing any magic? Have you done any of that? I've never released any magic, so that's an easy one for me. Same. Other than you know, I've no. I think what what just to be more specific, what that question is asking is if if we've released magic and put it out to the magic community. Right. Yeah. And I haven't either. Um, yeah. I've written some essays for some like journals and like for the Psychic Entertainers Association, which I'm a part of currently, mm -hmm. and that. Um, you know, so I share ideas with other professionals, but it's more of a, of a, um, you know, theory and some idea. Nothing released publicly for people to buy or anything like that. I've come pretty close actually, but um, have always sort of uh, shied away from it at the last second and didn't go through with it. Yeah, maybe one of these days. Once I feel mm -hmm. like I need to have like more of a body of work that like then I'm also willing to separate from part with yeah right and kind of burn that material and just to to let other people use some of those ideas later on but uh mm -hmm. but they mm -hmm. always do say there's that old adage of magic there's no better way to hide a secret than put it into print right it's <laughs> so, so true so there are some gems there so well thanks so much Ulrich for writing it those are great questions and uh, feel free if you want to write us as well head on over to our website mindovermagicpodcast.com where you can also uh, email us from just clicking the link there uh, and or just email us directly at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. But that's been the mailbag, and I forgot to hit the music, so I'm going to hit it now.
the mailbag. I've got mail. See, that was needed. That was needed, right, man? <laughs> I like the idea of ending the mailbag with that. I like that. Yeah, I think that's good, too. Yeah. So feel free Very to write good. us. Uh, we love your questions. We love hearing who's listening. Um, mm-hmm. Moving right along, Matt, there's, a, there's so much more to talk about. There's so much happening. Um, it really is. I saw the Harry Potter Broadway show again. Well, you're always seeing a show. We gotta I'm have always... a theme song for this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta message my brother again and be like, "Where's that show?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, the so they they uh, uh, a buddy came into town and we got to see Harry Potter: The Cursed Child, in which used to be two shows. You would have to see it like. The, f- the one day and then come back the next day or sometimes they would have two showings of the first part and the second part in the same day which is the way i originally saw it years ago uh but since the pandemic they put it into one show and um it's still a long show it was like three and a half hours long <laughs> but oh, wow. they trimmed a lot of the b stories out and uh, i gotta be honest didn't miss much of the stuff they cut. I think I think this oh. is the better version <laughs> of the show. Uh, it, it's on, at a pretty fast clip. Um, it's a good pace. There's, there's certainly some scenes where they like literally just like touch upon it and like they set up the tableau, say a few lines, and then cut away because there's just so much. Because when you're taking two shows and cutting it down, uh, that's fascinating. But I will say, it is one of the best magic shows i have ever seen it is unreal um awesome the, the you gotta see it if you haven't seen it even if you're not a huge harry potter fan because you'll just love the effects and i had much better seats this time the first time i saw it, i was in the back of the orchestra behind a tall person and a pillar so i was like constantly sw- like swaying back and forth the whole show but this was like i was five rows back we had access to the secret lounge the ambassador lounge where they give you like your own private cocktail bar and bathroom and a gift so that was real swanky basically what i'm saying is we shelled out for some expensive tickets (laughs) but but, uh it was totally worth it to be that close i mean even just like the starting tableau where you're just watching the stage and there's this gorgeous um light beam coming through like a clock and then there's just a floating hat and it's just on stage, and everyone can see it. And the show starts with someone just taking the hat and putting it on, and um, that's like ends up being like the sorting hat later. And uh, is it spinning and floating? Nope, it's just just stationary, hovering, hovering. It's just hovering. Nice and just amazing. I don't want to give everything away, but seeing like the uh, poly potion juice, poly juice potion, where they turn into other people that are from the books and the movies, they have to do that stuff live. So literally characters are changing in front of you on Mm -hmm, stage. mm -hmm. And it's like impossible to figure out how it's done. The blocking is incredible. And there's two types of magic in the show. And I'm curious about what your thoughts on this. Because it takes place in a wizarding world, it obviously the magic's an element of that base reality already. So I wonder, like some of these illusions are so strong. I'm wondering if they would even be stronger when you're not expecting the magic to be happening because it's kind of like just part of that environment. Like it's almost expected, like it's almost special effects and you don't realize that like, yeah, in movies we're so used to seeing special effects and everything getting, um, you know, uh, processed after the fact and post-production, but this is happening live in real time with real actors. It's really amazing. It really is. And there's another part yeah. too where like there's magic that happens as part of the story, so it almost goes under the radar. So like actors right. that are supposed to be in one part because they're you know the the characters have turned into those actors, but then the real actors are supposed to come from another side of the stage. So there has to be a transposition of the real actors, but in right. the story it makes sense because you're like, oh, these are different characters. That stuff blows right. my mind. It's crazy right. that that goes under the radar. <laughs> Well, you've piqued my interest, which says a lot because, and this shocks people, but I have not read a single Harry Potter book. What? <laughs> I have not seen a single Harry Potter movie, and I have no interest in watching any of them. I think you should see the movies before you see this because it definitely ties back to a lot. There's a lot of fan service of referencing things. Uh, spe- then I can't do it. Specifically, watch just one movie. You only need to really see no. one movie before you see this because it. Ugh, I just don't. I'm too late to the party. I no, can't. it's never no. too late. It's never too late to it watch is. it. You watch Star Wars all these years later. 
It, it wasn't quite for me. <laughs> well, you only have to watch one movie because they reference it a lot. I, without giving away the plot, for those of you who haven't seen it, it is sort of like Avengers Endgame in the Harry Potter world. <laughs> so they do go like kind of like travel and figure out like reference things from previously. So it'd be it would be like seeing Avengers Endgame without seeing any of the movies prior to that. I don't know what that is. You don't know what the Avengers Endgame, like the final MCU I, movie of all the build-up no, Iron Man. I don't even really know what the Avengers is. Iron Man, Captain America. Matt, we're going to I wouldn't have even known those were some of the Avengers. I've heard of those names, but I didn't know they were Avengers. Matt, we're going to get so many letters now. <laughs> Just to feel like this is one of the biggest pop culture events in the world. <laughs> like the Marvel All letters movies. are good letters. Yeah, all letters are good letters. So, anyway. So, you know. I think you'll enjoy it just for the magic. Maybe go see it and maybe be totally clueless on the plot, <laughs> but just enjoy the stage magic. I don't think it's going to work for me. Uh, you know, now Tiana wants me to watch the, the new Star Wars. The oh, Boba sure. one? The Boba T? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the TV series that's been out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She it's, loves it. She loves it. You watched it, I'm sure, right? I loved it or as well. watching it? I loved it. It's the Mandalorian. Yeah. You got Boba Fett. It's great. There's no uh, She wants me to watch all those. There's no spinoff Harry Potter series yet. I'm sure there might be. Oh, they got the Fantastic Beasts, the movies, and all that stuff. But anyway. I don't so, mean to be a stick in the mud. I really don't. I think just from a magic perspective, you will be blown away. Just the things that happen. Uh, it's unreal. It's really, right. really but, I mean, some of the strongest Is it worth me I've sitting seen. there for three hours for the, the three effects that you want me to see? I think, no, it's throughout. It's throughout the whole show. There's magic going on. There's They're f- shooting fireballs from wands. There's a really cool, like, um, I, I don't want to say the principle because it's a pretty commonly used principle in magic and also in stage theater but like things are levitating people are floating it's unbelievable man uh really certain sequences it's literally one of the best magic shows i've ever seen uh the the extent that has gone in from um i believe uh, jamie harrison was the primary consultant although i know a lot of people have consulted on this but they've done a lot of work to make all of these things that happen even just lighting ideas because the one thing you hopefully do know about like Harry Potter, there's like paintings that sort of move in like the world of Harry Potter, but they have actors coming in nope. and they just the lighting and the framing where they have a frame and the actor behind it. And this, their, their bottom half is just invisible because of the lighting. And they're just look like they're a person in a frame floating and then moving obviously and interacting like a painting would. They really just capture it well. And I think it's a lesson in staging, in choreography, special effects, uh, and like I said, lighting, just to create this whole world and atmosphere. It's unreal, man. It was one of the best things I've seen in a long time, and I'm so glad I got to see closer this time to actually really appreciate the level of work that went into it. So I can't recommend it enough. Tickets are tricky to get, uh, but um, plan ahead and go see that show. Does it tour? Um, I I think it'd be really hard to tour because it does use a lot of like things that are like permanently installed in theaters. Um, yeah, it's in the mm-hmm. same theater mm-hmm. where they did the Spider Man Turn Off the Dark, um, which was famously had the uh, swinging rig and actors are like flying around the ceiling and famously some of them who got hurt. And I was like, wow, they definitely use some of those rigs that are in that theater <laughs> still in this Harry Potter show. Um, so. But I know it's in the West End as well. Um, but so come to New York, come to London, go see one of the two, <laughs> go see it. <laughs> uh, Maybe you, someday. You had another sort of announcement happen. You want to get to that? Uh, sure. Uh, the commercial came out. We did it. We talked about it here on the cast, and now yeah. it's live for people to see. You posted on your social media at Matt Franco everywhere on all the yep. social platforms and uh already yep. a couple of our listeners chimed in and they said this means so much more now that they knew the backstory and all that went into it and seeing the final right. product so yeah. right yeah no it's very cool it's great to have it out there it's great to have the positive feedback on it um so now it's been distributed to all the different outlets where commercials uh play 
So now it's just a matter. Now they'll start sort of trickling in. I when I was pulling, I was on the Las Vegas Strip. There's like a big marquee outside the link. I saw they had changed out the old one for the new one when I was going into work last night. Um, it'll start popping up at the airport when you're at your baggage claim and all those different things. And and you know you could even see it um, on TV as well. Uh, you know because we'll we pick strategic you know spots to to put it out there as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's alive and there it is. It's floating around. So if you do see the commercial out in the wild, what you can do is tag Matt or even mind magic pod. Uh, so we can get that mm-hmm. out, share it. So people see it, uh, you know, yeah. and, and say, Hey, I know how this was made. All the stuff that went into getting the final product out there. The, uh, the, yep. the, um, the preciseness of getting that voiceover correct. Uh, and uh, all yep. the visuals. Uh, so yeah, we'd love to see you posting yep. about it and seeing it, especially out if you're in Vegas or in other markets, uh, and you see it on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's see. Let's yeah. see how far yeah, wide it hel- this commercial it helps reaches. Not just the show, but live entertainment. Yeah, absolutely. So that's great. I'm excited. I apologize. We have a little bit of a lag today, and I think I figured out why. Oh, funny. <laughs> oh, Did fi- you you notice the lag, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. That's all right. We'll but I know why. All right. We'll talk about that off it's air. It's my fault. Yeah, I assume so. <laughs> we'll talk about it off air. That's what you think. I want everyone to know that I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I think it's because I, I left in Bluetooth headphones instead of plugging directly in. I think that's what's going on. I think that's what's happening. But uh, yeah, so so we'll, we'll yell at you for that. And You're we'll going to cut that out, aren't you? We'll yell at you for the Harry Potter... <laughs> I'm not seeing that <laughs> episode. Matt gets yelled at. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, I want to address this real briefly because um, we've mentioned it many times on the podcast that I was doing a show called The Rose Room when the pandemic kind of uh, lockdown let up. Uh, they, I think I opened up three of the venues that they moved around from Brooklyn to Manhattan to the Upper West Side. Um uh, but the I, I has since stopped doing that show when we were up at the Triad Theater in the Upper West Side, and they moved it to midnight times. And just uh, some of the, the ways the show was run, I wasn't thrilled with. Um, and uh, and also that late night, uh, you know, doing a set at 1 a.m. on a Tuesday was, I thought, a questionable decision. But uh, they've since moved to another venue, which I didn't perform at and was not really involved in the show anymore. But I guess there's been some more controversy in how some of the burlesque performers were treated and um, just kind of. Really? uh, Yeah. Also the venues. And so I just wanted to say I was not part of that during that, but I saw maybe some signs, which is why I stepped back from that show um, a while ago. And I, I don't know. I think. Currently, the producer has stepped back and is no longer involved until he kind of gets his stuff together. And I'm hoping this is a wake-up call for that producer. And um, I just know that other performers were sort of warned to maybe stay away from that show and not get involved because I think they Mm. are going to try and remount it. So um, although I was, uh, you know, a part of its initial run and things seemed to be good initially, you know, things ended up happening with that show that I need to step away and kind of absolve myself from any um, uh, participation in and have no have not been part of it for quite a while now. Uh, so it's one of those things. It's like when you're producing a show, the, the, the main thing is make sure that your cast is uh, and venue and crew and staff are all in a safe environment and are supported and feel like they're being, you know, appreciated, whether it be monetarily or, and again, I don't know all the details. I've only seen what other performers who are still doing that show have been posting on social media. Um, And I just want to address that and, uh, you know, stand by the performers who feel like they were wronged. Um, uh, And uh, again, be careful if you, if you are getting vibes or, feel like you're getting into a uh, sketchy situation there's probably a reason why you're Mm. having that feeling (laughs) and to trust some of those instincts and do whatever you need to do in order to you know protect yourself and uh, make the right decisions uh and uh i i hope um you know some of the the allegations of just uh, that i've only caught a little wind of um 
aren't as bad as they might seem. <laughs> um, I'm hoping I'm hoping it wasn't as uh, you know um, disrespectful to performers as it might have seemed. But I think I hope again this is a wake up call to producers that you know. You get you got to take care of the family first, right? You got to take care of uh, you know the people who are coming out and trying to support whatever vision of a show you're trying to do, and uh, that should be the number one priority that everyone's safe and happy to be working. Uh, and uh, that's all I want to say on that. So just uh, careful about that show, <laughs> wherever that if it's uh, yeah. I don't know. I can't speak to any of this, but this got dark real fast. I mean, I'm listen. I'll I'll watch Harry Potter as long as I don't have to hear about ah. this anymore. This is this is dark stuff. Uh, uh, and again, I don't know all the details, so I I might be speaking a little bit out of school. But again, I I just support the performers that have been posting and um and uh, yeah, uh, I think there's room for more many more variety shows and uh and uh, there's many ethical producers and uh, and uh, just uh, support support those shows is what I'll say. But maybe maybe four venues in a in a year is also a telltale sign for if a show is bouncing around. This is getting this is that getting much. out of hand now. This is getting out of hand now. A lot of finger pointing. Hey, I don't even know who we're talking about. It's not even finger pointing, and I'm being vague for a reason. And uh, and again, um, just wanted to touch upon it briefly. But uh, these are the things I that feel happen like there in showbiz. Have to be listeners that you know are listening. That, not necessarily. That, that, that know exactly what you're talking about. I'm assuming, right? No, not really. I just, uh, I just wanted to bring up. Oh, like, okay. I felt, I felt like maybe they were. No, no, no. This wasn't a like a subtweet at anyone or like subtext or anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is just the the size of showbiz can you know sometimes people can get taken advantage of and uh, you know it is it is. Oh boy. We're moving on. <laughs> yes, please. Um, you want to jump over to plug? I did a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this will go right hand in hand with the plugs. I was gonna um, say you're, I, I you're, have to plug. You're quickly trying to move on, but I I just want to say it is important to address some of those things. But I just wanted to give that the weight it needed to. But let's move on now. Uh, so you did a podcast. No, no, it got, listen, it got plenty of weight. Plenty of weight. Um, <laughs> wow. I right. uh, no, I I do I, I do want to plug a podcast. I I got a trivia question wrong on the podcast. So as much as I'm obligated to, it was if I got the question wrong, I had to plug. The internet says it's true with Michael Kent. That's there the title of the podcast. Nice. Um, but truthfully, I would have plugged it happily regardless because uh, it's a really fun show. You've done the show I uh, have. once again. Here I am uh, just riding on those coattails <laughs> doing the show. Uh, <laughs> that's the theme of today's episode. Um, but yeah, great, great podcast. And that was fun to do. Uh, check out the commercial for the Vegas show and come to the Vegas show. Great time to be in Vegas weather-wise. It's starting to warm up a little bit, but it's not too, too hot um, over at the link. What are you plugging? Nice. I'm plugging uh, my website, ericdittleman.com, so you can visit me. I still got a bunch of uh, requests coming in for virtual shows, and I've been doing some of those. That's a blast, but it's also fun to be out on the road and traveling again and doing some of these corporates and colleges. So uh, you were at that booking conference that I uh, was not at because of my flights. Make sure you uh, you, you still want to bring me to your campus, uh, you know, uh, get in touch via my website. Well, get it through the proper channels. Uh, we'll have you talk to my fantastic agents and uh, have a have an amazing show for you. Um, I'm uh, let's let's move over to goals, Matt. For goals, oh, I forgot we had to do goals. We always do goals. Oh, can we can we just talk about the rose room again? No. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we we found out what you, what what makes you more uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> this is just go- each one makes me want to go back <laughs> um uh, do you have a goal did you what was your goal well your goal was to go to uh, your trip to la and get that sorted out so you accomplished that i assume since we talked about your trip to ellen yeah yeah it was emotional i enjoyed that that was good um what was yours now is it on this list why don't i see it yeah, I my goal was to put my phone down and pick up a book more and continue working through. Um, our friend Nate Staniforth has a designing magic course, which I found out. I guess the enrollment closed, but I hopefully he'll reopen that enrollment at some point because I think his lessons are really cool to see how he approaches creating magic. 
Um, so I finished like the first module of that. So my goal is to continue through and uh, apply some of the his thinking to see if uh, I can use his techniques to create some of my routines, um, which I think is nice. But I also accomplished my goal. I've read so many books, Matt, uh, this week. I think I read four books this week or so. I love there, that. There were smaller, um, smaller little like some of them magic related and just to get a couple ideas here and there. Um, there's a really great book that i want to recommend to you um magician john lovick has an essay out um vanishing ink i guess has a, a series of essay books but john lovick wrote one called get out of my way i'm going to hell where he recounts um a pen and teller effect called quote of the day that was on their off-broadway show and he goes through an 18 minute piece that was a big chunk of their show and talks about it's a prediction effect, but talking about the theory behind why this prediction effect works and, um, you know, the process behind it and keeping the process interesting. And even if you're not like super into he t says a little bit about methods in there because it is a book for magicians, but doesn't go to the method of that trick. Uh, but just speaks more generally. But I think it's an interesting recount of uh, an effect that's been um, been kind of like long and forgotten because it's not in their show anymore, and it's been you know from their mm. past. So I definitely meant checking that out. It was a fun read, and he has like the whole script of the of what they used to say. So I found it fascinating, cool. and seeing how that affects um, you know how I approach again as I'm creating more material, how I approach predictions and so forth uh, going forward. So um, I jumped on your bandwagon. What you jumped on my bandwagon? When when you said you, yeah, when you said you wanted to read, I mm. said it too last week. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And at the airport, I purchased a book. Oh, good 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 good. And, and I'm about halfway through. Lovely. Uh, it's by Harlan Coben called Win. Oh, I don't. Was it a novel? Is it a? It is a novel. I'm I'm into I'm into realistic fiction. Mm. Um. And this guy is like the king of the twists. He did all of his books. I mean, he has so many books, but they're all being turned into Netflix shows now. Oh, there was cool. one called The Stranger, which was really big. Mm -hmm. um, Safe, I think, was one of them. Something in the Woods. He has a bunch. Um, and he has like a deal with Netflix to turn like lots of his books into, into Netflix shows. But anyway, um, he's a really great author. So I saw this at the airport and I picked it up. It's called Win. I'm about halfway through. And my goal is to finish the book. There you go. There you go. That's a great goal. Finish the book. And mine is to continue through the Nate Staniforth course and, um, mm -hmm. yeah, probably continue some of the reading that I'm doing. Uh, so it's a big reading week for us, I guess. Um, it, is. it is. That's only because I copied you. There you go. Like, lovely. I like it. <laughs> Well, mm -hmm. if you want to write to us, write to us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com. Visit us at mindovermagicpodcast.com. Find us on the socials at mindmagicpod. Uh, anything else we're missing, Matt? Uh, the ending. How do we end this now? We have a new way to end it still? Or do I, we nix I, that completely? I think we just say goodbye. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Over? No, we're not going to say over. <laughs> over, 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 over. I think it's over. <laughs> Have fun editing that out. Over. Uh, I think we're going to leave it. Uh, well, thank you so much for listening. We really <laughs> do appreciate that you are here. Uh, and until next time. We love you. Take care. Bye-bye. Over. 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 Ha, 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 ha.